Welcome to Running It Back, the Lessons Learned from Sports podcast. We're going to be talking about sports parents. We're going to be talking about parenting, lessons learned, ways to extrapolate beyond the stories we tell into things we can all apply to our lives. I can't do it alone. I need help. Fortunately, in my universe, I have someone who understands parenting, who understands lessons learned, who can dabble with sports raconteurism. Tarlin Ray, how are you today? Fantastic. I have three, three things before we get going. One, if anyone listened to our NFL draft pod, excited to see that Justin Fields didn't drop dramatically. Why does he have to go to one of the Minnesota Vikings rivals in the yeah. Bears? Although number 11 pick, uh, legendary quarterback Phil Sims, number 11. So there's a lot of, there's 11 players on the field. So if you're thinking purely the numerology of it, going 11th was as late as he could have gone without him going too late. Fantastic. Great for that. But now we got to play against him. It'll be fun to watch him. Yeah. And then, and, then the, and then Trey Lance, while we're closing off on the draft, we were talking about the history of black quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft. Trey Lance going third is uh, probably higher than many people were expecting. And he, there was talk that he could have, Mac Jones could have conceivably gone third. And instead he wound up going to Belichick Patriots at 15. This is not that podcast, but just to close off, it was an interesting NFL draft. Thank you to you for getting us focused on it. And we'll probably continue to pick up on those stories uh, moving forward. Ballsy move by Shanahan. Mac Jones went where he's supposed to go. We never picked this up in that pod to talk about the fact that Mac Jones had a DUI in college. Mm. That's an interesting take. And the Patriots are becoming Alabama of the pros. Belichick basically just calls Saban and says, who should I take? And in that same show that we're also not doing, Tim Tebow may become a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So for your NFL fans, we are still paying attention. We appreciate you listening. There's no NFL in today's conversation, but there is golf tennis and basketball before we get there i have two more things i have to share with the audience please all right sitting in zoom calls i guess it's not zoom it's teams calls at work during the week Mm -hmm. i got called out by one of our fans Mm longtime listeners yeah in my organization because he said on a call chat at me are you wearing your own swag (laughs) yes i was wearing a running it back hoodie during the workday, nice. in the middle of a 10-person team's call. Nice. And uh, by the way, I need to get a hold of the hoodie. So I will talk to our listeners where you can find all of our materials. I, I know I have a t-shirt, but uh, but it's all very tastefully done, uh, very stylish, nice air wicking, very breathable. We'll come back uh, to more about where you too can represent the way Tarlin was representing in his uh, professional business setting with running it back swag. That was your second item. Yeah. I mean, hoodie, hoodies are allowed. Hoodies are encouraged. Okay, hoodie. And the last is just for everyone to know. And yes, we kick off early 6 30 a.m. on Saturdays when we pod. For this show, we spent, and I clocked it, 27 minutes not talking about the show and three minutes saying, We good? Yeah, that's building rapport, Tarlin. Our rapport is on point. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the show. Now we're going to talk about the show. We, yeah. we are 
nearing the end of the NBA season, it's the funny season in terms of there's, there's the awards that are going to be handed out at some point. There's some play-in activities. Play exciting. Play-in. I got my Lakers. I'm actually rooting against the team. I hope the Trailblazers lose so we can go 2-0 and avoid this play-in game. Yeah. And avoid the supernova that is Steph Curry and then yes. avoid some nine, 10 team that may knock off the Lakers, which would be a disaster. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about awards and in particular the rookie of the year. Yeah. And the fact that despite LaMelo missing some games this year, he is prohibitive favorite over Anthony Edwards, who still has, if you haven't seen it, go look at the dunk. And just to clarify, this is LaMelo ball, not to Mello be confused ball. by uh, from other LaMellos out there. Not not to be, yeah. it's LaMelo Ball is right. most likely going to be the rookie of the year. And that got us thinking about sports parents, yeah. in particular, some would call out sports dads and running it back to LaVar Ball and the Ball family coming on scene. Yeah, exactly. And truth be told, we've been talking about doing sports parenting stuff for some time. Shout out to all the moms in the world. We'll be talking about some sports moms, even as part of today's show. Mother's Day just happened. Father's Day is on the horizon. People are thinking about parents. It was in some ways the year of the parent in terms of the educational world that we all went through where parents were suddenly pulled into their kids' lives and they're uh, schooling from home through Zoom. So it's a crazy year. People are thinking about how do I raise my kids? There's a lot of living through your children that happens, uh, both ac academically and then long down the road professionally, but also certainly athletically, where as parents frequently we're on the, the downslope in our athletic endeavors. We may not be better in the future, but our kids were always hoping who knows what they could be as a father of a two-year-old boy who likes to run around and kick a soccer ball and shoot. Shout out to my son. You see him play and you, you, your, your head starts going places. And then you start wondering for the greatest athletes, what did it take to get them to where they are? And frequently their origin stories go back to how they were raised. We wanted to talk a little bit more about that. And then if you think about LaMelo Ball, you can't think about either of the Ball sons. Also, the fact that their name is Ball and they play basketball, also known as Ball. It's pretty on the nose. And then LaVar Le Ball is a provocative figure with a really interesting history. And the name of the show is Running It Back. Looking back in history, are there other figures in the sports universe who are reminiscent of LeVar Ball and vice versa. Is LeVar Ball in some ways a reflection of other historical figures in sports history, even recent sports history? And we certainly saw some, some analogies there. You, you wanna jump into some of the analogies? Yeah, so when we started thinking about LeVar Ball and granted he's a complicated figure, so this is not a show celebrating LeVar Ball. Although shout out to big baller brand CEO, LeVar Ball, open invitation if you did want to explore parenting with us. So when we thought about LeVar, you immediately start thinking about Richard Williams and also Earl Woods. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of sports parents out there. For a moment, I thought about Marv uh, Marinovich. Yeah. Who who built the Robo QB and Todd Marinovich and had him teething 
on frozen kidney as part of his regiment to build the next great quarterback. Yeah, shout out to the Kidney Association. It's interesting story. Yes, I went to dinner outside with people other than folks in my household. And I heard a story from a friend where one of the Matthews brothers and the Matthews family in the NFL is well known that from the grandparents on that have played in the NFL or in the hall of fame. This is one of the brothers that did not make it. Yeah. And he's coaching a youth team and brings the team together and says, all right, why don't you go off and run and then spends 15 minutes with the parents and proceeds to tell the parents, none of your kids, none of them will ever go pro. Mm. I'm telling you that right now. Wow. Not you, not you. What did you do? Nope, not you. And just wanted to, From he says, and I'm sitting here as a guy and I'm hearing this second hand, third hand, fourth hand as a yeah. guy yeah. who had his family do it all. And I have all the genes and all the makings and I, I had no chance. So mm. you have that, you have two sides where folks believe sports are about learning how to compete, teamwork, and others who actually fundamentally believe that there's that less than 0.0% chance that their son or daughter is going to go pro. Yeah. And so to have LeVar Ball from the early days, Richard Williams from the early days and Earl Woods from the early days, building these athletes where outside of LeVar Ball, who did play, had a sniff, sniff the NFL for a moment. Yeah. And Earl Woods, who played baseball in a small college in Kansas. Yeah. A letter for two years. Eventually Kansas State. So it did turn it's, into a real a college eventually. They really had nothing in their background to say that they would become all world professional athletes. Not everyone can play tight end for the London Monarchs, which LeVar Ball did. But what's interesting is that each of these three parents, fathers, Earl Woods flirted with a baseball career. Flirted. Okay, keep going. I see what you did there. <laughs> but he almost got there. He was just about professional level. Also, history of racism in the 50s. He could have potentially pursued more of a career in the Negro Leagues back in the day, but wound up pursuing a military career. But he was borderline, maybe had a shot at a life as a professional athlete. Richard Williams, I'm not sure whether he had the same level of athletic pedigree he taught himself exactly really, but my point done. is he came in from outside yep. of the formal establishment and in some ways he encouraged that anti-establishment approach and Earl will accept self-taught too at 42 exactly and then if you think about lavar uh, ball as also anti-establishment raising his kids saying i kind of know enough and my point is that each of them seemed to have cobbled together enough of an understanding, enough of a sense of their own self-confidence as an athlete, but also perhaps enough motivation as well because they weren't able to pursue this dream. And now with the generation coming up behind them, they see an opportunity to train them so that if only I could have been developed the way I'm gonna develop my kid, I can then begin to live a little bit through my kid's success I can realize pride upon my house. There is some deep Game of Thrones sensibility to this. So just to clarify to you, the House of Woods, Earl Woods, father of Eldrick Tiger Woods, Richard Dove Williams Jr. 
the father of Serena, the goat Williams and Venus Williams. A shout out to our Serena, the goat episode and Tarlin's Stan ism of Serena, which uh, you'll note in our previous episodes. And then the house of ball, which is pretty good. The fact that they're named ball and then not to mention, I'll, I'll see my time in a moment, but also Earl Woods. Tiger's teeing off with Woods. Well, there's a lot of stuff going on here. I couldn't quite make it work for the Williams sisters, but a lot going on in these three houses. Where do you want to dive in? But, but is that enough? So we're trying to dissect, right? Mm. Because mm. you have a two-year-old and we're deciding right now on this podcast, what kind of sports athlete you're going to manufacture. What are the elements that you need yeah. for Matthew to be a stud? We're going to pick the sport, which could be pool, Dark, yeah. we're gonna figure it out and just to be clear we did want to go deep probably in a subsequent show on david epstein's book range 100%. where where he talks about the difference between a roger and a tiger roger federer shout out to switzerland so you said a couple of things so they're anti-establishment we got two dads who are self-taught i don't think Earl woods woke up saying i'm going to make tiger into the greatest golfer of all time but then as you see your son have just otherworldly ability mm -hmm. uh, hand-eye coordination and be able to crush a ball at yeah one and a half things change yeah playing Which playing at diker golf course which is that's 86th Street. Um, maybe 60 blocks from the golf course that Earl really broke in at. Although by the time Tiger was born and Tiger was developing his game, he was out in Southern California, closer to where Tarlin is at. But a shout out to the municipal golf courses of uh, the great city of New York, which is where Earl's love of golf and his ability to play regularly was noted so earl he has a different origin story in sort of his path richard williams saw tennis on tv saw the purse and then created a 78 page plan to turn his daughters into tennis stars mm -hmm. and then lavar probably doesn't have a 78 page plan yeah but has been building athletes competition and a drive for their sons since they were little. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out because there's so much poured into sports and entertainment for people to have that shot. We just watched people's lives change, even if it's in the seventh round in the NFL draft. I love yeah. the two rounds of the NBA draft. People's lives are changing. Yeah. So, what is the formula? Because most of the time you'd say, all right, former professional athlete, high likelihood they can do something. We got several examples of the gene pool is not the same gene pool as Shaq's kid playing or right. Jordan's kid playing. And so what is it? Trying to piece it together. But what else? I got some thoughts, but what else do you think it is that enabled these dads yeah. to and Lamelo Alonso way too early in their career. You know, right. Lonzo Ball is playing for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah. Fourth year, mm -hmm. his averages are eleven points, six assists, six rebounds, two steals. Pretty bad shooter, but serviceable pro. Yeah. Lamelo, sixteen points, six assists, six rebounds. 
much better shooter and looks like he's going to be a star. Mm-hmm. That doesn't compare to the combined for Richard Williams, 122 singles titles, 45 doubles titles, 30 grand slams, 28 grand slam doubles, and a combined $134 million in earnings for Venus and Serena. And Earl Woods, 82 wins, 15 majors, and $120 million in combined earnings. So let's just say we're, we're celebrating ball now because he's been outsized and said, my God, my son's going to pro. Give me more. Yeah. What else? I want, well, I want the t- formula. I think I would question whether there is one true formula. So that's the first thing. So if you just to build on where you were going there, where LeBron's kid or Shaq's kid, we also did a show recently on Steph Curry, also known as Stephen Curry, who is the son of Del Curry. Which is actually and his middle name. It's actually Wendell. Exactly. Wendell of the dubs. But but yeah, if you think about that pedigree, Clay Thompson, same thing. Like second generation, Grand Hill, second generation professional athlete who even reached greater heights than Earl Woods or LeVar Ball as aspiring athletes. So there are different pathways. What is interesting is the more disciplinarian and or alpha dad component to these parents in particular is an interesting dimension to understand. And I just think the risk that we could fall prey to is to think that this is the only path when that is not in fact the case. There's plenty of other professional athletes who've had meteoric rises. Arguably, there's been only one Tiger and only one Serena. Actually, that's not even arguable. I think that's just a fact. The question is whether LeVar will get to the same height. And then if you look at other goats or goat-like individuals, Michael Jordan certainly did not have the parenting dynamics with his dad that Tiger or Serena had with their dad around the development of his ability. So I think there are a lot of different pathways and there's a risk that you over-index on one. But the one that I find really interesting here is that in some ways, this alpha status of the parent, the dad in particular, does draw some fire that allows the kids to be a little bit protected, even though the fire is drawn. So like they get more maybe negative press because particularly LeVar might be acting at a turn, claiming he can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, just doing things that are sensational. Long for the sake of better than Steph Curry. Exactly. Like just doing stuff that is just crazy. But that bravado is shared across all of these. And in some ways, I think some kids can pick up on the confidence that their parents have. And then frequently in the, the media culture that we're in today, one way to both draw attention to your kids, but also take the heat off of them is to have this strong presence from their sports dad, particularly when they're arriving onto the scene, when they're not adults yet, but they're beginning their athletic careers when they're much younger. So they almost need the protection and the cover of a parent. Bravado, as you said, LeVar saying that he could beat Jordan 101. And we talked about the Steph Curry line. Richard Williams at the time when Venus was dominating women's tennis. And he then said, yeah, but her younger sister is even better. Yeah. And then him going to the telecast after a big Serena win and yelling straight out of Compton. Yeah. And then yes, Earl Woods, who in 1996, he said, and this was in the HBO documentary that 
Tiger will transcend the game. He'll bring the world a humanitarian never seen before. And that the world is a better place by virtue of his, ex- of his existence and yeah. His presence. Yeah. Tiger's sitting next to him. He's, in, he's a teenager. Yeah. So I agree with that. that. That bravado is unique. We've seen sports parents and dads be over the top and crazy. But to your point, I think it is drawing fire and light. I think there's one element that we don't talk about. And I think that's seen with the Mar Marinovich example where Todd was just burnt out is that all of these, every single one of them, uh, Serena and Venus, if you read up on them, Tiger and the Ball brothers, never complained when they had to go do the physical activity, go play their sports. They wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, as you have Matthew now, and I have 14, 11-year-olds, there's got to be a want to in your child Mm. in order for you to continue. If you have a 78-page plan, that does not matter if every time you want to bring Venus and Serena to the Compton courts, they're complaining, mm-hmm. they're moping, and they don't want to play. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't matter it, if Tiger is sitting there and Earl is dragging him to the military links courses in California. He never wants to play and never wants to hit ball. It doesn't matter. So I, I do think that's one element. We can want something for our kids. And you said early on that you think you said the dads are living through their children in a way. I, I think they're propping them up. And granted, yes, LeVar has ball in the family and he's going on, coming on his seventh season yeah. on his reality show. They have done well, but I, I think they've leaned into an area where they know that their kids are willing to put in the work and have an interest. Yeah, And I think without that, it doesn't work. And that's where I was going to go as well, where these are the two transcendent success stories in Earl Woods and Richard Williams. They couldn't have hoped for better performance from their kids. And then jury's out a bit on the balls, but it looks like LeVar is going to have at least two successful NBA careers. And then we'll see where LaMelo goes. We'll see where the other... Angel. Leangelo. Where Leangelo goes, where there's more to talk about on the Leangelo story as well. But the flip side is this style, if misapplied, can lead to very unfortunate circumstances where you apply this mindset to a kid who either doesn't have the will, doesn't have the ability, doesn't have the, the good fortune to stay healthy and to be protected enough to be able to dedicate the time, this can go bad. And then it can go bad in terms of the cautionary tale of uh, Todd Marinovich and and others, kids who even have serious capability, but are controlled and forced to do things that ultimately really kills their love of the game and the spirit and the inspiration that is necessary for them to really drive themselves forward. I think there's a lot to be learned from that. And that's also just on the lessons learned, we always like to tie a little bit to the professional world. This does remind me a little bit of what people characterized Steve Jobs as having this transcendent, magical, charismatic leadership ability that uh, was often referred to as his reality distortion field, where he could tell his employees that they could do tremendous things and be there with them to the point where they would actually believe it. And then they would perform beyond expectation in terms of their abilities. It did seem like 
that element of each of these fathers' undying belief in their children's ability to achieve great heights, it did seem to change the reality that we live in. So there is parenting the child that you have, not the child you want, which is my number one parenting credo. So you got to find what they love and what they're pursuing. But then to have almost that unlimited upside in terms of your belief in their potential. I think that's true of parenting. That's true of teaching. That's true of leading an organization. So I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned in terms of that belief. And then also that belief in doing the hard work where there's a lot of drilling. There's a lot of doing work that is not fun. The deliberate practice. Practice? Practice? Talk to me about practice. Shout out to Alan Iverson. May 7th just passed. 19 year anniversary. 19 year anniversary of the famous practice press conference. But, but yeah, so I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned on the positive side. And then I think there's a lot of risk around applying the, the alpha dad, the alpha boss, the overly perfectionist disciplinarian mode to management or parenting which uh, we all know has plenty of, of pitfalls. I think jobs is a great pull as you compare it to, to just business. I also was thinking about Bezos's last shareholder letter mm. where he's talking about Amazon and maintaining your distinctiveness. LeVar Ball, Richard Williams, Earl Woods, they did it their way. Mm-hmm. Richard Williams created a 78 page plan where he started teaching his daughters, never had them in the Southern California circuit where all the kids grind out and they're playing in tournaments, ended up taking the Florida to work in the academy there and then pulled them out to be their coach. LeVar started his own AU team with the brothers on. He actually had a cousin on the team. I think it was Alvin Ball, who mm. played a Pepperdine mm-hmm. on the team that they, when they won the state championship. But as Lonzo's at UCLA, Leandro has some trouble at UCLA and gets in a theft in China. LaMelo, when he's not happy with the team, he then pulls LaMelo out to go play the youngest person ever played professionally in Europe Mm -hmm. then creates his own junior basketball association. And then LaMelo becomes one of the few players to eschew college and go to play professionally in Australia. And then he's still picked as number three pick. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I took away in the Norwood Woods with the way that he, he stopped coaching Tiger at five, but just the way that he mentally was preparing Tiger for what was effectively like war. They maintained their distinctness, did not let the NCAA, the fact that LeVar wanted to release his own clothing company and $495 shoe, didn't let anyone tell them what is possible. Mm-hmm. So in the same way you had the reality distortion field, if you got your own plan, they lean into their own plan and weren't looking to see what everyone else had done, yeah. which is an interesting way to produce these outsized otherworldly talents. Yeah. So that distinctiveness was ringing through as I read the shareholder letter from Bezos as well. Yeah. And raising an elite athlete is a family business, definitionally. And then these guys built culture. Each of them built a culture to their family business, which was raising these elite sports athletes. What's interesting is that this is analogizing to the startup world, but how far can you go with that family business approach to your children's development as elite athletes before they need to adopt a different mindset, potentially really become the CEO of their own company, where like in many ways, 
the dad is the CEO of the family until the, the child reaches a level of success that makes things change. And then the leadership passes on. Also, shout out to HBO's Succession, which is a wonderful must-see TV where it's talking about how family businesses pass from generation to generation. And at what point is the, the aging generation ready to pass the torch to the, the next generation? Perfect handoff. We haven't talked about the last piece of the equation. I think that's important. So you talk about the dad potentially being the CEO. Okay. So in these families, then the mom is the co-CEO or yes. she's the chairman of the board. Mm. And so these athletes don't get anywhere without Katilda Woods, who is really to this day, and Tiger will say this, his dad was the softy and his mom was the hard ass. Yeah. His mom was strong-willed. She's a loner, doesn't need friends, and was the one that would tell Tiger to literally take someone's heart out on a course and never back down. Tiger's just unbelievable drive. You got to point to Katilda. Was Katilda the tiger mom of all tiger moms? Oh, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Make sure you make sure that needs to leave this. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Orenstein. Venus and Orenstein Price, Venus and Serena's mom, considered to be co-coach with Richard Williams. There's a movie coming out called King Richard. Yes. I'm curious to see how much Orenstein is in the movie because yeah. while King Richard was the tactician teaching strokes and the early sort of watching those videos to make sure that Venus Serena knew how to be on the court. Orenstein, if you look, is considered in all the wins as the co-coach for her daughters and was really managing the mental game. Yeah. So she has watched more of Venus and Serena play than anyone else and is often looking to see, are they mentally prepared yeah. for their matches? And mm -hmm. to this day, Serena and Venus will give as much credit to their mom because they were never, they were, they were unflappable and they were always ready for the big moment. Mm -hmm. And so the last is yes, LeVar played a little football. He might've dabbled in basketball back in the day, but the real baller in the family was Tina. She averaged 18 rebounds in high school. She's six feet. That height doesn't come from nowhere. And she's the AD of a middle school. So she was all in. To be able to do this, to build the lead athletes, Katilda was all in driving Tiger everywhere, making sure he's prepped for his tournaments. Orenstein is there every day on the Compton courts with, and she had other kids and then moving the whole family of Florida. And then Tina all in, co-founder of the AAU team they, they had, co-founder of their BBB brand because mm -hmm. they had BBB for girls. Yeah, That to me is an, another ingredient to help build this because you have this yin and yang in this family propping up what you said are the dads that are, the outsized personalities, but nothing happens without the three of them. So as we're sandwiched in between Mother's Day and Father's Day, yeah, I want to make sure we don't forget that's another ingredient as you think about parenting the child that you have and, and not actually the child that you want. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, shout out to, to all the moms out there. And I don't know if an Orenstein mom is going to have the same ring to it as a Tiger mom, uh, <laughs> but or maybe a Serena mom. 
A Serena mom is an interesting uh, angle there. The other thing to note there is that uh, King Richard is going to be the starring Will Smith. Got me thinking, could we do a three act play for Will Smith where he plays Earl Woods in one act, he plays Richard Williams in the second act, and he plays LeVar Ball in the third act. If you're hearing this, uh, we're ready to put that screenplay into development as well, because you have enough range and the audience's attention span may hop around. It'd be a little uh, quantum leap too. Maybe exactly. you're hopping in to each of them. I don't know, we'll get it into development, but I just wanted to put that out. Stay in Brooklyn and stay out of the entertainment capital. We'll work on that offline. So. Lots to talk about, and we didn't even really get into other scenarios, because when we started uh, thinking about this as a topic, we realized there were so many directions that we could go. I think your point is a good one, in that we live in a, a media universe where, at least historically, we've wanted this archetype of the, the big male personality who's developing his talent, his children, to be great athletes. Really important point that it does take a family. It is a family business. I would think co-CEOs is, is an interesting idea around successful parenting, how hard it is to be co-CEOs in the professional world. But I think it ultimately is true for the greatest athletes that frequently they have support from both parents. But then also you look at LeBron James or you look at Kevin Durant nowadays. For them, it's much more their relationship with their mother. And that kind of gets back to that same point I was making where I think there's a lot of different pathways out there, but there's a lot to be learned, I think, from this approach, which I think is also like building your own system and then raising your family aligned with that system. Any thoughts on that? Is there any teasers on the Tarlin Ray system for raising uh, successful athletes? Because your daughters are older than my son. I'd love to borrow from your insight uh, there. We talk about sports just as a way to learn how to work on teams and what it means to compete. My daughters are more interested in the arts. My daughter has a singing solo today. She's singing Smile, which is really bring a tear to your eye, listening to her sing it. We, we less focus there. What we care about is just being all in. So if there's something that you really like, then keep pursuing it. What the year did Unfortunately, everything was shut down, but maybe it got parents and kids to pause for a moment because they were so overscheduled and they were doing everything. We've spent a lot of time talking about, why don't you say no to that thing? Because you think you got to do it because mm -hmm. kids and eighth graders are already thinking about what they, college, want to see. And why don't you say no to that? And why don't you go after that thing because you're really interested and see if there's more opportunity. Yeah, so That's really where my wife and I, as co-CEOs, we spent a lot of time talking about. We suck in parenting so hard. And every day you wake up either hoping to elevate them and hoping not to damage them in any way. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's all you can do. And then as the kids get older, you're just right in the backseat mm -hmm. and not guiding. You're allowing them as much agency as possible. And then hoping when there's opportunities to course correct or give feedback, that feedback is received in a way where they're not yelling at you and they actually can get through. And that's the way we're approaching it right now. 
That's uh, amazing stuff. Thanks to all of the parents out there who are listening. Uh, if you're trying to understand parenting advice, this isn't a parenting podcast, but it is a lessons learned from sports. Some of those apply to parents and then definitely applies to folks thinking about leading and developing and allowing folks to grow with our coaching and development and partnership. Thanks again, Tarland, for joining. Always fun to run it back with you. You run it back with anyone else? <laughs> not to the best of my knowledge <laughs> good seeing you follow and thanks as always for listening the show is running it back if you enjoy what you're hearing tell a friend share the love we'll be back again soon this is running it back mm-hmm.